Welcome to On The Couches. We're so excited that you're checking out this podcast. It means the world to us that you're here. The whole heartbeat behind this On The Couches is that we as uh, some friends have been sitting around and we get into these big discussions all the time, wrestling through the Bible and its application to today's world. How do we take these ancient writings from, from thousands of years ago and make them actually make sense in today's culture? And there's so much room for wrestling. And so we've had a lot of fun wrestling and we were just encouraged by people why don't you actually capture these things on camera? Why don't you actually talk about this stuff and, and let others into this conversation? So we want you to join our conversation today. We'd love for you to connect with us. In fact, we'd love for you to put some things in the, in the comments section. Let us know what you're wrestling through. Let us know if you agree with me, which is probably the better choice, or if you wow. agree with one of the other guys. But we would love to hear from you about how you're wrestling through these conversations and through these topics as well. Now, today we're going to talk about something called deconstruction. And so I was just thinking about this idea of, man, have you ever been in a project of, of a home reno or something and it just, it, it went brutally wrong? Now, Jonathan is is kind of a, of a DIY Jonathan's master. like a man of men. Like he's a guy like I, <laughs> I can right. work out, I can be strong, I can be sensitive and love people and be yeah. the artist. I can fix a home and build a home from scratch. Look for the dictionary definition <laughs> right? of man, John Brown. Like, right, exactly. He's there. I'll own right? it. I just can't grow a beard. That's the biggest okay, well, thing. Like, you guys. Mm, well, the facade. Okay. Negative. <laughs> I look but, up to Hank Prim. Hank Prim. Oh, shout out. Hank Prim. you don't know, he's the OG hipster. That's he right. roasts his own coffee. He grows <laughs> his own beef like. Yeah. He, uh, he does. That's he all makes it takes. his own beard. Yeah, like, he's got it at all. Yeah. Like, he's, oh, my gosh. And, yeah, Love he just it. needs a beard. That's right. He'd be good to go. Right. Okay, so I remember, I'm, I'm Amber and I, actually, Tyler was just born. So this, this now is 16 years ago. Wow, it's crazy. Never owned a home, always been renting, trying to do some, some miniature home renovations, meaning that back in the day, we used to have these things called phones that you actually talked to people. They, they couldn't text. <laughs> yeah, right, it was, right. And it was connected by a line. Tell me more about That these. went into I'm the interested. wall. Like It was mm-hmm. really, really weird. Mm-hmm. And I remember we had this phone jack in this one spot that Amber's like, I don't like it there. Can we move that phone jack to over to this, oh, this spot? I'm like, yeah, I could do that, right? So I remember taking the phone jack apart and cut the hole, but I needed to splice the wires. So I actually cut the wire, and then to reattach them, you had to like split the wire so you get the two actual live ends, get rid of the, the plastic coating. Well, back when I used to do car stereos, I would take that plastic wire and I like I'd put a little cut in it. I put it in my mouth and pull the plastic off, and then it exposed the Was wires. This doing car stairs or stealing car stairs? I'm not answering oh, either okay. way of that. Right there, yeah. So I take this wire for the phone and Uh-oh. I I rumble nice. around it, and I yeah. take the wire and I put it in my mouth to take the plastic off. And what I didn't realize Pulls is that in. there's a full yep. electrical <laughs> yeah. current running through Damn. that wire that I literally put in my mouth to put, and it threw me across the room onto the nice. floor. It was awesome. Amber, this explains so yeah, much. That is my home renovation beginning. Now, the real, right, que- right the real question is, was it a rotary dial or was Ooh, it? No, it was no, Paul. It was, it was Paul. Good. Okay. It was, it was good. good. That's good. What about you guys? Any any good deconstruction stories? Many good so I'm, stories. I'm, I'm, like you said, like I, I love like rentals. Like you said, I'm the real man. No, <laughs> I've had rental properties. And so like I, I'm a millennial. I Small believe flex. I can learn everything on YouTube, right? So <laughs> nice. I'm, I have, but I, I, I have this vision of how I can make things happen, but I, I don't realize until I get into the process how bad it is. And mm-hmm. so I actually had a rental property where the plumbing backed up, like the waste pipe of all the, you know, 
the yep. business goes out to the city. Uh, and uh, the quote, it got backed up. And the quote to replace it was like $10,000. And so I was like, I'm just going to do it myself. Like, I'm not paying $10,000. <laughs> right. And so I'm like digging up the concrete and, you know, replacing all these pipe. But I, I get to the point where like I've broken up the concrete and now I'm digging down. And I get to the point where I'm like, I'm standing in my tenant's waist. And I'm like, this is literally the crappiest situation (laughs) you could ever be in. And it was at that moment I knew that some things are worth paying for. (laughs) Ah, That's the mark of a real man. You've learned the lesson. So, but I can now like look back and, you know, have some sense of pride that I, I replaced the waste pipe, but I will never do it again. So there are some things that you have to learn the hard way. Yeah. I unfortunately am the guy that uh, has never done any of this kind of work myself. And uh, so I'm, kind of the guy that offers to help and then nobody ever really takes me up on that <laughs> offer. Yeah, I'd love to come and help you out with it. What can you do? Well, not much. Like I can I could hold your tools. Right. I can paint for you. If you want me to paint for you, it's great. And so I want to wrestle this right now because um, Jonathan, and this is great, there's accountability, the cameras are rolling. Uh, the people want to hear about this. Um, you demoed a trailer last year. That's right. And I offered you many times to come and help and I just never phoned. And I'm personally offended because... <laughs> I can't even keep doing it. No, I, I it's, literally, it's, okay. it's like, it's like, oh, lot. bro, I'll come and help you out. And JV's like, I know you're useless, man. I know you can't do anything. My, my trailer like, has to be roadworthy. Yeah. So. <laughs> I want to be able to put my family in this trailer. No, that's oh, right. that, that's like, I, I I'll go work. On, I'll go work on my car with a friend of mine named Colin. And Colin's an engineer. He knows every like. He's just one of those smart guys that understands yeah. engines. And I'll go Definitely work on, on your zombie apocalypse. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Shout outs in the first five. Right, but he. I'll go to him to like, hey, like. Like, can you help me do this? And before we know it, I'm handing him tools. I'm like, no, my goal was, I, I want to do this. I was just looking for that guy who could get, they all do that because that'll save you 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's just like, okay, here, dad. Okay, here, I'm 45 years old and Colin's younger than me, but here, dad. Oh, wow. <laughs> Colin yeah. has done much work on cars for me in the past. It's amazing. Always paid. I just want the record to show that. Um, but there, like the first time he ever did, uh, like just some, some brake work on one of our cars, um, he was like, the idea was like, I'll show you how to. So the next time mm-hmm. you can do it. And like, let's like start sourcing some tools and whatever. And so I was like, dude, that sounds awesome. I would love to do that. I'd love to put some hair on my chest. Let's go. <laughs> and so I, I brought the car over to him and he's talking to me about what I'm pretty sure at that point in time was pretty base level rudimentary stuff. <laughs> and he can tell that I'm like, just gone to lunch. Like, I have Smiling no idea not, what he's talking yeah. about. He's like, Okay, I'm just gonna do this. I'm like, yeah, okay, fair, fair, fair. Appreciate you. This you let me know jack. when that's ready. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is the jack, and you use it. This the- is a wrench, and oh my gosh. All right, I think what we've learned, what I've learned in my process of like renovating houses, is the destruction part is fun. Like the you know ripping oh. out counters, that's fun. You can do the demo. I can do the demo. You can take a sledgehammer. It's fun. And when you see the final product, what you see on HDTV is like, I want that, but. The process in the middle, like so hard. 75 to 80% of that process is not fun. Mm. It's it's the unsexy. It's the stuff that they don't show on HDTV. It's the stuff that they speed through. You know, they do a they, little, you know, yeah. Okay, the camera crew comes in Montage. and they put a, you know, a drill in here and, you know, like, you know, cut this piece of wood. Great. And then, it's the be but then they don't show the actual professionals yes. behind the scenes. Yes. They're doing 
all of the actual real words. ABC right? used to do this in one hour. Why it's, can't you do this? It is false hour? advertising. You know, this <laughs> whole reno, this whole kitchen reno is done in 30 minutes. It takes mm-hmm. me like 30 months, right? Nice. Wow, yes. there, that felt personal. Yes. Yeah. Britt has actually called me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's time. Some I stuff. need help. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a man. I can change if oh, I have to, I guess. Yes, <laughs> all right, right. All right so here's, here's where I want to talk about this. First of all, I think we've done like some major like uh, gender issues here right now because I'll be <laughs> This is a man. Is listen that this, you can be uh, any gender and be able to do construction and everything else as well. Sure, nice. We're good, just having some fun. Um, but where I want to talk about the point is that I wanted to get to in our conversation was I actually I ha- I have a lot of friends who are on this journey right now in their faith mm-hmm. that are deconstructing their faith. They they they've come to a spot in their journey where they're like, man, I don't know. If what I've been taught my entire life to believe mm-hmm. is actually real, I, I have some friends who have walked away from ministry because mm-hmm. they're like, "Man, I kind of found Jesus at at 15 years old, or or I grew up in Jesus, um, and you know, went to Bible college right away, then went into ministry, and I never had this time to actually wrestle through: Do I believe in Jesus myself, mm-hmm. or is this just what I've inherited?" And there seems to be in culture right now a, a real big push to kind of like, let's look at what truth is and let's look at, you know, the, everything's up for examination and let's really wrestle through that and, and deconstruct what these things that have been around us, these uh, confinements that we've been forced into in our cultures and really deconstruct them and figure out who we really are, figure out what truth is. And, and I want to say off the hop, I think that's an important journey. I think everybody should know who Christ is for them. They should know what Christ is about. They should know where they stand in their faith. We shouldn't just have inherited faith where we inherit it from our parents or our grandparents, but we should all be able to answer the question, who is Jesus to me personally, and what have I? What do I do with him, and how does that affect how mm. I live? And I think a lot of people are doing this, but not necessarily using the term deconstruction, right? I think a lot of us would acknowledge that we've gone through seasons of our life where we did actually have to take a hard look and examine why why do we believe what we believe in? Uh, worth teeing it up. You sent around a dictionary definition That's right. for deconstruction, and so I'm reading it. This Hopefully. is the the Reverend Jonathan Brownlee definite. No, it's not. It's from dictionary.com. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, this is what the dictionary defines deconstruction as for the purposes mm-hmm. of setting the table for people who are like, "Have I done that before? Am I deconstructing right now?" Right? A method of critical analysis of philosophical and literary language which emphasizes the internal workings of language and conceptual systems, the relational quality of meaning, and the assumptions implicit in forms of expression. Thank it's, you, dictionary.com. It's a lot. <laughs> it's actually um, a, a term that is used in like uh, philosophy uh, right. courses in university. It's actually like one of the main things that they teach, you know, mm-hmm. right when you get in, you know, and, and we've seen the movie God's Not Dead, you know, oh. like, and I have, <laughs> I to, did the posters. Right, Come on. Did, um, but the reality is like, there's, um, this is not something that's new. It's a, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a buzzword. People are labeling it now. Mm-hmm. You're right. Like this is something that has been progressive. This is something that I think everyone right. goes through. And I, I want to say that this is, this is actually something that is normal in our faith walk. This is not something mm-hmm. that is abnormal. And if you're going through a process right now where you're unsure of what you believe or why you believe it, or you've been taught or br- brought up a certain way, and now you're questioning that, that's normal. 
as, as a teenager, I know that my mom and my dad taught me, you know, certain things as I grew up and my mom like instilled these values, right. but I, I, there, there came a point in my life where I, I question, well, why do I do that? Why do I spend my money that way? Or why do I, right. you know, why do I believe a certain way? I was brought up in faith, mm-hmm. but I also had to have a personal encounter. Mm-hmm. And so I actually think there's a beauty in deconstruction. Right. But, you know, there, there's there, this is a journey that's that requires some discomfort. And and I actually well, can I I'll say that. I mean even as a leader it's it's beautiful to say I believe that it's important until you're like it's important as long as you land where I want you to land right, yeah. right. Or, right. or even to demystify the reality that like you talk about philosophical orientations or ideologies right mm-hmm. like as soon as it's like well I'm deconstructing faith <gasps> you're yeah. what yeah like it's okay to deconstruct philosophies or it's okay to deconstruct ideologies or political viewpoints or what have you because those seem a little bit more abstract or maybe they're like less mystic yeah right but as soon as you're deconstructing faith it's like yeah deconstruction is really um it's i i have all these building blocks in my life that i've like i've been told to believe from a very young age Mm -hmm. and now i got to take those building blocks and re you know kind of rebuild why I believe what mm-hmm. I believe. And I think that this is something that, you know, this happens hormonally in our bodies, like physiologically. This is not, like we we begin to develop, we begin to, to mature. I'm changing. Right? And, and, you know, the gospel, you know, talks about maturity, growing in our faith sure. and, 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 you know, standing firm. Mm-hmm. But I think that um, what I've seen a, a trend in deconstruction is I have to abandon everything. I have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And and I would actually encourage you know anyone who's in a process of deconstruction, not sure what I believe, why I believe it, or I've had a bad experience, or you know I you know maybe I was taught something that wasn't right or doesn't line up to. To, to go through that process and embrace it, you know, we talk about trust the process, you know, trust, you know, God working in our lives, um, but also live in community with, with those who can speak life into you, right? We're not meant to do this journey alone. And deconstruction is, it can be a very isolating, very lonely journey if you don't allow other people into that. And process. I think you bring people that you trust, right? Yeah. Like, like here's, here's the deal. It doesn't, to me, when I, when I've gone through some of these journeys of deconstruction in my life and, and wrestling through theologies and different stuff, Bringing in people who are also deconstructing or bringing in people who are also frustrated doesn't actually produce the right. life I want. That's right. Because then we just sit around and there's no answers. But if you can find somebody, you know, the Bible talks about finding maturity in somebody and be able to say, okay, yeah, this person, they're actually walking in maturity. They've, they've wrestled through these questions. How did you get to the other end? Where have you, how did you land there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I, I was just going to throw to you because I think what you were saying was really good. It's like it can tend to be scary mm-hmm. because you don't know in that moment. It's very vulnerable season when you're deconstructing some some major philosophies right uh, right now i'm deconstructing whether or not i'll ever shop at h&m again okay right. cool who cares right when you're deconstructing why do i believe in what i believe in and is everything that i've believed for the last 20 years of my life the last 40 years of my life <laughs> uh, growing up things were as raised in the values that i was given yeah. and taught is that true yeah. right like that's scary and so you know and you automatically assume that the people that are around you are like well Let's let's just take you on that journey of deconstruction, but you're gonna land here, right? Yeah. And it's like, ah, no, no, like let's let's be honest to say deconstruction is a valuable part of life. It's a valuable mm-hmm. journey, 
uh, one that needs to be navigated. And we'll talk about navigating it, I think, in a second. But like one that, you know, is like, I'm okay with where you, where you, with where you land. I'm more concerned with the journey and with you actually being able to, to know why you believe in what you believe in. That's something that yeah. I've always valued here at Movement Church and something that's always been a part of that's our good. axioms, yeah. right? Is like, we wrestle the scriptures. Mm-hmm. We know why we believe what we believe in. If somebody comes, um, you know, uh, to us with something that is like opposed to our ideologies or to our interpretations of scripture, we don't immediately shut the door in their face and say, no, we just don't believe that here. That's good. We're like, hey, let's wrestle it. Because we're open to change. We're yeah. open to deconstructing our own personal values and ideologies and interpretations and, and being wrong, right? Well, as I've grown in my walk with God, there there's certain things that I believed as a beginning follower of Christ, as a Bible college student, as a graduate of Bible college, as now in ministry for how many years I've been in it, that have evolved and changed because it promised spot. Like, I, I just uh, really simple and funny, but I remember sitting at one church and we weren't allowed in any way to celebrate Santa at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Santa right. was Satan. Church. Yeah. <laughs> Santa was Satan. He was horrible. He was this, how could you ever have Santa part of Christmas? Um, oh. But on Easter, we, were, we would do Easter Bunny and have the Easter Bunny give away Easter eggs. And that was okay. I literally mm-hmm. left that yeah. church after pastoring there for five years, went to a different church uh, as the youth pastor. And in that church, Santa was in the Christmas Eve experience. He was awesome. Santa was celebrated. But Easter, we would never touch anything to do with Easter. I'm like, some point, one of you has to be wrong, right? right. I'm going to publicly out myself right now. So I never celebrated Halloween as, as, you know, as a Nor should you have. Except for one time. And I was 12 years old, and I had Uh my two younger brother and sister. And our church thought it would be a great idea to go out and all dressed as angels. And, and instead, we, we, I would we pay money on, for we knocked on the doors. Please, is there, is there teacher, it, it gets pictures? better. We knocked on the doors, and instead of receiving candy or saying trick yes. or treat, we handed over a Hershey kiss with a note that said, you've been touched by an angel or oh, kissed by an angel. Great TV show. So Thank you, 90s. Imagine the trauma that I experienced Amazing. at 12 years old. Amazing. I'm dressed up like an angel, and yeah. I'm not receiving candy. I'm handing it. over candy. Blessed he who gave Actually, yeah. uh, as our missions director, would you please make sure we do this for next You've Halloween? Been right. an You've been touched by an angel. You've been touched by an angel. So I think you so, highlighted so, something. This is what I'm saying, though. Like, so that's those are minimal deconstruction. We're right. like, well, sure. let me sure. wrestle through. Like, can I go to Halloween? Can I mm-hmm. not? I've always been taught Halloween's bad. I've always been taught Santa's bad. Now I'm not necessarily seeing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've gone on this deconstruction, even in my view of. Um, LGBTQ B plus, right? Like, like you want to try I, that again? I, I, I know I did, I did a horrible job there. And I'm going to get emails just on that alone. But, oh but I remember growing up in an era where the church was extremely aggressive mm-hmm. against against that community, mm-hmm. right? Where the church was like there was no room to even consider. That's right. And then I remember also having this experience with people from that community. I'm like, they don't fit what the pastors told me they would be like. Mm-hmm. They're, they're they're not like that at all. Right, and then I'm in this wrestle of like, well, is this true? Is what they? And I had to go on this this spot of going, man, what do I believe about right. about what the scripture says for that community? How do I wrestle through that? How does what I've been taught historically mm-hmm. versus what I see biblically versus what I'm understanding with people? Mm-hmm. And it's been this journey mm-hmm. of wrestling through that, right? Like, yeah. so I think like I'm not trivializing to like Santa and, and Easter bunnies, but. Yeah. There's real big stuff that sometimes we've been taught bad theology. And as a pastor, sure. I want to apologize. Like sometimes you've been you've heard stuff said from a pulpit and from a preacher sure. that maybe their heart was good. Hopefully their heart was good. Yeah. 
Um, but they've taught something in an aggressive format or they've said flippant things. I mean, I, I think of half the sex talks I've sat in on, on church where like sex is bad. It's not, mm-hmm. right? Like, what? Right? Like, yeah. it's, it's this idea, like, we, we've taught sometimes with a heartbeat to try mm-hmm. to do something right, yeah. but it missed the mark, missed, mm-hmm. missed the idea, and we presented something, and now people are wrestling through what mm-hmm. is my belief system, because yeah. these theological things that I was taught or embedded in me or grew up with, this guilt mm-hmm. that's been forced on me if I do anything... And, and none of it may actually have anything to do with Jesus. Right. Yeah. And this is why it's such a touchy issue because to its core, as I deconstruct and as I choose what I believe in, what I, why I believe in what I believe in, mm-hmm. um, I am effectively making a, a mutually exclusive statement or I'm making, like I'm affirming a specific belief and I'm, I'm de-affirming mm-hmm. um, another belief, right? If you take it to a macro level as, as Christians, yeah. as believers in Jesus, yeah. we believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way to the Father except through him. That's the words of Jesus. In order to be a Christian, you have to believe that to be true. So then, therefore, you are a Christian, so you are not a universalist, right? right? Like on a larger theological standpoint, like, like I, you know, I, I can appreciate and honor people from other you know, viewpoints and other beliefs and faith systems, but I, I inherently believe that somebody who is a Hindu or a Buddhist, or I don't believe that you're correct. And, and that's where it gets really touchy because it's like, not only am I choosing what I do believe in, I'm also choosing what I don't believe in. Mm-hmm. And, and you've said this so many different times. I mean, you, you're coming to the LGBTQ plus community and talking about our responses to that. When I first moved here, um, I, we came from that incredibly conservative background as well and was just challenged by you as like, Why? why do you believe those things? Why would you say something like that? And I'm like, oh, because I guess that was just how I was raised. And yeah, it's a bit of a traditional spirit that's getting poked inside of me. And I, I need to do some self-examination, which is technically deconstruction, right? So I think that that prefaces the conversation around deconstruction to let yeah. people know like, hey, this is, this is a bigger deal. This is tough. This is difficult. It can be a little touchy. Let's get practical. Let's talk about some of the areas that deconstruction kind of affects us individually. Well, I think there's there's causes that uh, attri- yeah. are attributed to why deconstruction exists. Right. Um. And and the way I've I've read or or heard it being painted is there's kind of like three areas. One is um, misrepresentation from the church, right? Like right. or a bad experience from the church. Hurt. Hurt trauma. A trauma. A pastor or a ministry or a ministry yeah. leader, spiritual abuse, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, bad theology, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not going to your prom because you were told that that would be horrible if you went to prom. You were this oh, horrible shoot. person. Oh, that's got right? personal. That's, that's got me. Right? Great. Uh, I kiss dating goodbye. Let's throw right. that one on oh, the bus. Oh, I will right? never. Oh. Right. But yeah, like bad theology, bad teaching, mm-hmm. emotional manipulation. Mm-hmm. Um, that that would be one area that. Pro- pushes mm-hmm. you and projects you towards deconstruction. Mm-hmm. Number one. Number two? Uh, the other would be uh, uh, secular. I know it's not your favorite word, like but word. secular ideologies, right? And so sure. um, historically, as the church, we would allow the scripture to dictate how we conduct ourselves in culture. Now we're seeing a progressive movement where culture is dictating how scripture is interpreted. Right. And so that's that's a very difficult and dangerous mm-hmm. road to go down mm-hmm. because what you're saying is, well, the scripture is wrong here because, right? And I, I'm not saying that we as the church understand every single scripture and how it's to be interpreted. We don't. Mm-hmm. We're we're wrestling through that, okay. and that is a construction. In I think that's our a healthy thing to even say yeah. that that yeah. we're willing to say as a, as pastors and as yeah. a church, 
Listen, we're, we're trying to interpret the, it's an interpretation of the scripture. And, and it's difficult but, because you're like, I feel this way and now I'm going to go dig in. Well, even just look right. at the body of Christ in general. You have different sects of uh, interpretations of the scripture. Uh, we believe on in this area or we believe in this area. Sure. We believe in the Trinity. We believe in the How Holy Spirit. How many thousands Spirit, of or, denominations right? are there? There's so yeah. many, there's so much division in the body of Christ. Right. And so, that you know, I, I said this in the last episode, you know, in the essentials, we need to be unified. But in the non-essentials, there's liberty, there's opportunity mm-hmm. to wrestle or, you know, have your own expression. Mm-hmm. But in everything, in everything, there needs to be grace and, and love, right? And I walked up the set last episode. Yeah. That was so good. Cool. Oh. Well, I, I think uh, we were talking, and Barna has put out a thing now a year or so ago mm-hmm. that said that the average person right now, average millennial or, or Gen Z... This is, is Christian, consu- too. This, this is, is Christian. Yes. Is, is, is consuming 3,000 hours a week of information, media, social media, all that. Uh, wow. A year. A year, sorry, a year. I was like, is that possible? A, a year, a year. Yeah. 3,000 <laughs> hours a year. Like, yeah, yeah, sometimes I'll watch Netflix yeah. and be on my phone at the same time. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, but only 125 hours of that is Christian-based. Yeah, sure. So so not only is there all this different stuff, different philosophies from different churches, yeah. but if if... 125 hours of what we're consuming right. is only focused towards God, and 80-something percent of that yeah. is secular philosophies and mindsets. Man, like old-school teaching is you, you are what you eat, exactly, right? What, yeah. you, what you read is what you become, right? Mm-hmm. What you consume affects who you are, yeah. right? And so if majority of our stuff is pushing us that way that we're consuming, mm-hmm. then it only fuels those things. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one that I think, another reason too that people are there is because of the fact that there's been really poor, healthy discipleship That's right. making processes. Yeah, we, we as a church, we believe in the grace and we believe, you know, that we, we have this axiom, you can belong before you believe right or it's beautiful. you know and, and it's it's great but like it doesn't end there right it yeah. Through relationship, we believe discipleship happens. Through small groups, through community, we believe that we can sharpen each other, we can push each other closer to Jesus, mm-hmm. we can we can grow and mature in our faith, right? right? But if you just leave it at the front door, like grace, you know, come, you know, God forgives everything, God heals all your sin, you know, all, you know, that's great, that's a good starting point. But if people walk out the door and that's all they've heard. That's not enough. Well, right? mm-hmm. I think I think one of the most crazy things that I've been wrestling through just my own personal devotional life right now is this the statement that Jesus was fully truth. Mm. He set the ideals and he leaves it and goes, This this is I, this is the freedom I want you. This is the life I want you walking. This this is what I want for marriage. This is what I want for your sexuality. This is what I want for for your mindsets. This is what I want for your finances. He lays out this very strong ideal of yeah. this is what I'm calling you to. Mm-hmm. But then you're like, but Jesus, why did you come? He's like, well, I came to die for those who couldn't make that ideal, right? So he's right. fully grace. Right. He's like, here's what I right. want you to become, but I'm going to be here for you even though you can't make it. Right. But wow. what happens is, is sometimes, you know, we as, as churches drop the ideal and mm-hmm. emphasize the grace. Right. Mm-hmm. And therefore it's like, well, then there's no ideals. Right. I just get, I just, mm-hmm. and both of these are really bad. Yeah. Just fully ideal is a really legalistic, aggressive, mean, mm-hmm. angry church right. that's not producing life change and not, not seeing yeah. people transform it's for a, Christ. a Pharisaic but, mindset. But right. fully grace church isn't yeah. actually the same thing, doing the exact right. same thing because they're actually not calling people to the ideal that God has. That's I think right. you had called that cheapened grace when cheapened we were talking grace, earlier. 100%. Right? I, I, I heard that and I'm like, oh, oh, right? Like, and I, I don't think, I don't think we are 
cheapening grace, but I do think that we we sometimes miss out on the opportunity to lead people into truth. Right? I think that the most difficult part about this, I want to get practical in a second, maybe this is actually getting really That's practical, right. but we've had this conversation so many different times because we as a church, and specifically in our teaching ministry, preaching, what we actually expose, um, have, have never really gotten into the nitty gritty. Like mm-hmm. I, You will never hear Pastor Jeff Price from the stage condemn someone. Because shock and awe, that's that's not the heart of Jesus, and that's not the right? platform, that's and that's the not the platform do you do it. But but we've we've always said, look, we're going to invite you into a relationship with right. the presence of Jesus. We're going to teach him and him crucified. We're going to teach a very conservative gospel, very conservative. Um, but but at the end of the day. Um, we believe that the best place for reproach, rebuke, conviction is inside of relationship and inside of the presence of Holy Spirit. And those two things are essential and have to be there. Now, comma, how do we get a point to the time where we can have enough relationship with you to be able to actually examine your life and say, hey, have you ever thought about your ideas towards this? Because I, I just would love to wrestle the scriptures with you and see what the Lord has led us into in this. Mm. Um, yeah, with, with definitely the hope that I think that I'm right. I have, a, I have a bias towards this yeah. understanding because I've wrestled the scripture yeah. and I'd like to open and wrestle it with you. Now, you have to come with the humility of, I could be wrong. Yeah. Right? So, so if, if we're knowing that, that studies on most deconstruction is happening around those three situations, sure. it, it, it's, it's bad theology, it's a spiritual abuse or hurt or a hurt from the church, it's over information of secular mindsets formulating mm-hmm. us, and a lack of discipleship process. Yeah. What what for somebody now who's sitting going, man, you know, like like I was on on my view of of, of homosexuality. Like, how what do we do? What's the answer? Right? Because I think what happens is like, well, wait a second, the church was wrong on that. Mm-hmm. How the church handled Santa Claus was wrong. Therefore, everything how the church handled is wrong. I'm walking away from church. I'm walking away from faith. Yeah. I got a sense of spirituality, but I'm giving up on all of it because it's all wrong. Yeah. How do we not go to that extreme? Because because yeah. I think most of us don't actually want to go there. Mm-hmm. Even in our deconstruction, we're we're not wanting to go to like, well, no, faith is wrong, God is wrong, there's no such thing. We we want to be at a spot where we're like, okay, I so how do we get there? What think, are what are tools you guys have used when you've been on this journey of deconstruction? I think an important thing for me to to think of is is to think of a home. Like we're talking about home renovations a little bit, right? To think of a home and to think of deconstruction as basically starting home renovations. And so there are some home renovations where I don't need to tear it down to the studs and actually tear the walls down. There's some home renovations where I actually have to. I'm saying this because I've never done home renovation <laughs> my entire life. There's some where you have to. Uh, but there's some home renovations where I'm actually just replacing the vanity in my bathroom. Right. Right. I'm just replacing you know the electrical in this room. And yeah, that's a significant maybe significant cost. It's it's something that needs to happen properly. I might need to call some people in to help me with the work or pay someone to do the work for me. Yada yada yada. But um, I'm not taking it down to the studs. And if I choose in deconstruction to take it down to the studs, uh, or even just take the studs down and go down to the foundations yeah. and just eliminate everything completely, if I choose not to reconstruct that home, I am homeless. Right? Exactly. And that and that technically is the definition of somebody who would be agnostic, technically, right? It's like in their faith ideologies, I've chosen to believe in nothing. Right, it's like you're still that, believing in something. It's not that you doubt. Sure, you're choosing to believe something. It's the whole thing with uh, deconstruction. The deconstruction is actually the wrong term because you're not like absolving everything you believe. You're actually choosing to believe something else. Right. right? You need. You need. To deconstruct. But but in fairness, though, in order not to confirm your own biases. Yeah. 
you do need to tear some stuff down. That's right. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. you can't just say, well, I'm going to add an extra here or I'm going to add a room here or what have you. It's like, no, no, actually at the end of the day, I needed to like remove my bias from the conversation. I think about conversations that we've had before where you've like, why you say that? I actually had to remove what I thought about it mm. before yeah. I could then create a new ideology and a new thought about it that was better informed. But I think what was important in the deconstruction and we see it in the home room. I love your illustration of the home room. I mm. love the idea of rooms, homeless. Deconstruction is step one of multiple steps, That's right. right? The goal, the goal of deconstruction shouldn't actually be my goal here is to become homeless. My goal here is to remove everything. The goal should actually be I want to come out of this better, better. and yeah, I want right. to build something right. better. So, mm-hmm. so where a lot of people get stuck is in the deconstruction. They go, well, there you go. I've questioned everything. I don't know what I believe. Right. I don't believe anything anymore. Yeah. But that wasn't the goal. The goal mm-hmm. was to go. How do I build? A better, a better room, a better family, mm. a better spot. Having right? the right tool for the right job too, right? Like I don't bring a sledgehammer, you know, into a plumbing job, you right? Don't? Or the, the reality is, like you said, like I'm not an electrician. I will do a lot of different jobs. I will sure. never try, uh, trust myself to yeah. handle especially after job, that story, I'm right? Gonna, and no, so I, I, I bring in Rick Fig for all the yeah. electrical work now. Well, that's so it. Like, you out. bring in the right person for the right, right. job. And mm-hmm. sometimes I think we we sometimes go to the wrong person. With, with the renovation that we're doing in our hearts mm-hmm. and you need to bring the right person. So practical. This is yeah. where I think it's really important. For me, when, I, when I've gone on my different deconstruction, I, I've, w- one of the things I've had to establish is what are my absolutes, mm. right? Sure. So, so yes, I'm willing to deconstruct, but what are my, my absolute is I still believe Jesus to be real. Right. I, I can't argue the historical value of that. I can't argue that, that man, if, if he historically was here, he historically did die. Yeah. Did people really make up? I'm not willing to go down there. So that's my absolute. My absolute is Jesus is real. Jesus really did die. Jesus really did resurrect from the, from the grave. He really did have followers and disciples that took his message. I'm not messing with that. So I'm going to land on Jesus. I'm going to land on God. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to start to dig into, you know, six day little creation, God used evolution. Okay. I'm going to read books that sit on both sides of that, but are still from a faith perspective. I'm going to listen to the podcast that, that talks about those things, but still from people who are followers of Christ. So, so the, the crutch of like, well, maybe none of us, no, I'm not throwing it all out, but I'm reading from people who still have at least a biblical perspective, mm-hmm. biblical worldview, a belief in Christ, but they're willing to wrestle through some of these gray areas yeah. that don't matter on my salvation, but mm-hmm. do matter on how I interpret right. stuff. Quick sidebar on that, because I think it's important that you've touched on it. it. We have to make sure that our foundation is the same, because you're talking about this is my foundation, this is my launching point, right? It's not necessarily we have to all have the same foundation, but mm-hmm. I need to know when I'm working with somebody or talking with somebody else and as I'm reconstructing or as I'm helping them reconstruct in community, I need to know what their foundation is. You need to communicate that explicitly because I've had so many conversations where at the end of a three hour, we're just chatting and talking about life and scripture and yada, yada, yada. I realized that they actually don't have the same foundation as I do. Yeah. And, and, and I'm here and they're here and it's not worse or better. Cause I'm not going to say that like my bias is better than their bias or what have you. I mean, internally, I do believe that I'm correct because, <laughs> because I've created that, right. Cause that's my foundation. This is how I reconstructed. So that's a reality, but I need to establish common ground. Right. But I, but I think that's for, if you're mentoring somebody, I, I'm saying, like, or, if or, you're or even if find you're inviting you're... somebody else in, Right. Yeah, but find out what your foundation is. Mm, Figure true. out what your foundation is, like, and then and then read and study with people who at least agree with that foundation. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Secondly, I think this is the importance 
of having a tribe of people, a friend group mm -hmm. who can move forward with you. That's right. where you're inviting mm -hmm. people in, knowing who you're letting speak to that voice, right? Knowing, knowing who you're having these conversations. So I, I would say, um, if you're at a church that's very dogmatic and very legalistic, that's going to be hard to be in a deconstruction conversation because they're, they're not going to, but there's lots of churches that are like, Hey, we're going to allow you to wrestle through, but we're going to keep you grounded on the right things to be grounded on, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to let you float over here, float over there, but we're going to keep you grounded on, on what's really, really, really important, mm -hmm. right? So I would say be really intentional with what you're reading, really intentional with who you're bringing into the conversations. Sure. Um, I, I would also, yeah, so I agree. I, I think that, um, you know, you, you need to be very aware of what you're taking in, uh, both from interactions with people and what you're consuming online, because like I've been on, on YouTube at 2am going down rabbit trails of Illuminati and all this stuff, right? Like, like it, it, it happens. It happens. What yeah. we consume is what, you know, what you eat is who you are going to be. Um, I also, um, I want to get a little bit vulnerable for a second. I have gone through a deconstruction phase where I experienced trauma in the church. And I've shared my story before. Um, it might be on YouTube. Um, I I had hurt from a church. And I actually said this to my, my wife. I If this is what God is, or if this yeah. is, then I don't want anything to do with it. Um, and I believe that people experience that. People, you know, there's different severities of trauma. Mm -hmm. It might just be like, oh, that I don't, that didn't sit right with me when you said that, or I was abused, or I was hurt, and I'm yeah. not, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to really lean into that. But what I would say is, it's only by the grace of the God that that I'm here today. Um, and what I would want to encourage people who have experienced hurt, trauma, at at any spot on the spectrum, is to not go in with a wrecking ball and, 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 and allow yourself to destroy everything. I would say there's, there's actually a tenacity and perseverance and, and, and that perseverance looks different. I'm not saying stay in an abusive relationship or, no, or, no, or no. scenario. That's not at all what I'm suggesting. What I'm suggesting is don't give up right. um, that, that there is hope on the other side the, the the reality is that deconstruction is messy when you go through renovations it's dirty you you mentioned this in your sermon a couple of weeks ago it's not it's not pretty but when you're doing a renovation in your spirit the goal should be to come out the other side more beautiful mm -hmm. and more whole um and 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 I would encourage people not to just, uh, you know, when we talk, deconstruction is 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 almost synonymous and negative with I'm walking away from my faith. I, I, I question everything and I don't want people to land there. Actually, what I what I would encourage is deconstruction can be healthy, but you have to surround yourself with the right people. Yeah. You have to consume the right things and you have to be willing to embrace discomfort. I, I, I right. truly believe that. And it's only by the grace of God that I'm here and able to say that today mm -hmm. because there was a season in my life where I literally said these words to hell with it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's, right. that's very graphic. That's very, you know, that poignant words, mm -hmm. but I've, I've been in a spot where, where I wanted to give up. And yeah. so if I've been there, I know that there's other people that have been there. Right. And I, I want to say, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. You're not alone. There's, there are people that want to help you on that journey. Right. There are I also want to say, if you've been hurt, I'm sorry. Mm. I, I don't know why that pastor or that ministry leader 
or that authority figure did that. Um, but it's very real. There's a lot of people hurt by the church. Um, I've probably hurt people as a pastor, not even intending to. That's right. I'm sorry. And I don't know if that helps, but I want someone, I want you to hear from somebody in church leadership that's mm-hmm. saying to you, I'm sorry you've experienced that. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't lose sight of a God who is so good by a person who is so broken. Right. Right. I really want to encourage you. Yeah. God is good. Those people are broken. Yeah. Um, we got to bring this to, to a close and it's, it's just so good. Yeah. So many layers, right? So many layers. I, I just want to put this out in closing. There, that holding onto that absolute and coming from there is important. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of secular stuff. There's a lot of stuff that's good. There's a lot of stuff that I think we as a church are relearning about what it means and how to understand scripture. That's why we had this podcast exists because we're see. wrestling through scriptures. We're wrestling through stuff. Like, oh, man, is that really what it's always been? I don't know. But I want to encourage you. God loves you. Mm-hmm. You're important to Him. You matter to him how you line up on some theological stuff that's not so important it doesn't really matter but who is jesus to you and what do you do with him Mm -hmm. that's what matters and so as you're on this journey i want to encourage you yeah learn study read get the right people around you but also lean into jesus let him shape you let him formulate who you are let him answer some questions and experience the fullness of his love, his grace, and his mercy. Listen, thanks so much for checking out this podcast and being with us. Thanks for hanging in for this entire time. It's such an honor to have you with us. I hope that you've been blessed by this conversation. Now, there's a good uh, Christian word. There we go. Been blessed. But uh, I hope that you've enjoyed this conversation. And my prayer is that you have grown and maybe even feel the freedom to wrestle through what you believe and why you believe it while still landing on Christ is number one in our lives listen and we'd love to hear from you would you write something in the comments if you haven't done so already would you subscribe and would you also hit the notification bell to let you know every time we post something new in these conversations have an amazing day and can't wait to connect with you on our next on the couches